0: This is Brett Hayworth, and welcome to the second half, our half hour that follows the exchange on Siouxland Public Media. Together, the two shows give you a variety of important information on key issues that impact our lives. In this episode, we will highlight an important political event that has made Iowa the focus of the nation and world every fourth year. I'm referencing the Iowa caucuses, which is the first contest that helps the national, Republican, and Democratic parties begin to narrow down the field of presidential candidates ahead of the November election. Many candidates start coming to Iowa a year or more out before the caucuses, making many stops in high-population places like Des Moines, Cedar Rapids, Iowa City, and here in Sioux City. Democratic President Joe Biden will almost certainly become the party's nominee. Among the Republicans running are former President Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, and Vivek Ramaswamy. Now with the caucuses at hand, we will get some perspectives from two people on the second half including a Woodbury County Republican Party official, who we will hear from in a bit. First with me is Bradley Best, a political science professor at Buena Vista University in Storm Lake, as we talk about the important Iowa caucuses that will take place on January 15th. Thanks for your time, Professor Best.
1: Well, thank you for the invitation.
0: The caucuses are a very different animal. They are not an election proper. They are not even run by the county auditor offices that usually have responsibility for carrying out elections. Could you please explain what a caucus is and how it plays out generally?
1: Caucuses, and, and in particular the Iowa caucuses, the way the Iowa caucuses are are structured and the process that a person who attends the Iowa caucuses would would uh, encounter, what they would encounter on, on that evening, are, and this is something that I do when I describe the Iowa caucuses to my students, they are the most mm-hmm. visible sign of participatory democracy that I think Anyone could possibly imagine or envision. Essentially, they're gathering uh, with, um, in these years, they're gathering with their neighbors, their friends, the folks that live geographically very close to them, in uh, political units known as precincts. And you know, these these gatherings can be anywhere from someone's home to a church basement to you know a middle school cafeteria difference in the experience historically of attending a Democratic Party caucus as opposed to a Republican uh, Party caucus is that the Republicans do not require you to be so upfront and visible and even indicate by physically where you gather in the room uh, your candidate preference. Uh, Republicans actually hold a form of secret ballot voting. Uh, in the context of the caucus, wherein people indicate their, their candidate preference. But on the Democratic side, historically, uh, you announce effectively to your friends and neighbors and the other attendees at your precinct caucus who your candidate is and which candidate you prefer. Now, that is going to change somewhat with the 2024 uh, reforms here in Iowa. Of course, the Democrats now... Uh, in Iowa caucus later, much later in the caucus and primary season, the Democrats were once part of the first in the nation plan. Whereas Republicans in Iowa still are the first in the nation uh, caucus essentially. And so um, the the processes are slightly different. Um, Both parties will conduct to some extent, some uh, party administrative business, some housekeeping business. Uh, Republicans in particular uh, like to talk a great deal about uh, planks in the party platform and what folks at the at the uh, at the precinct level would like to see changed or revised or added in some way, maybe subtracted in some way uh, to the um, uh, to the party platform. So there's a formative dimension that is there as well. If you attend a caucus, you are to some extent part of the crafting of, even if a small part, a crafting of the party's message and the party's policy positions.
0: We would say that the Iowa caucuses didn't always have the primacy that they have today. And something changed in 1976. What was that historical, what happened with that caucus?
1: sizable number of Democratic Party caucus goers in Iowa indicated that they had no particular candidate preference, but among candidates that they did, or or, or among candidates that they did have a preference for of, of one over the other, Jimmy Carter emerged as the, as the candidate that received the most support um, in that field. Now, prior to that time, Carter was, and of course, this is very much a part of his of his image. It was part of his image as president, certainly part of his image as a candidate. Jimmy Carter was, at the time, the ultimate outsider. He was not exactly unknown, but not far from it. And he certainly was not someone that was on many, uh, many a radar around the country. But he emerged out of the Iowa caucuses with a surprising degree of of support from Democrats in Iowa. The effect of that, again, was not that it meant that he was going to suddenly win the nomination. Uh, there was a, a, a lengthy season of, of, um, of decision-making ahead prior to the, to the National Convention, but his performance in the Iowa caucuses was a surprise. The effect of that was to attract intense media Attention on him, who he was, his wife, the state that he came from, uh, his 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 personal and professional history as a as a farmer, as an engineer, um, as someone who had uh, had had served in the navy, and suddenly uh, it it registered seemingly with candidates that coming to Iowa, participating in the Iowa caucuses, and doing well mattered it mattered in terms of gathering the kind of public attention that fuels a candidacy at least in the early stages of the uh, of the primary in caucus season the result is not determinative but it never hurts to do well in in Iowa moving forward
0: this is the second half and airing this afternoon on Siouxland public media will be the world followed at 4 p m by all things considered I'm with Bradley Best, a political science professor at Buena Vista University in Storm Lake as we talk about the important Iowa caucuses that will take place on January 15th. The big part of the caucuses is assessing which candidate you like, and as we're doing that, do you feel there have been enough candidates coming through Land and Northwest Iowa so people have had enough chance to see them in person if they want?
1: That's a great question, and and it really goes to the, to the matter of the importance, or perhaps lack of importance, depending on uh, depending on one, how one views this, of on the ground, in person, uh, public events, the kind of traditional campaign activity that we uh, that we all know and watch and pay attention to. It's those occasions when the candidate seeking the nomination is in your community; they are on a stage. And they are they are speaking directly to um, uh, to an audience. One of the things that I've I've noted about this election cycle is, first of all, that the front runner Donald Trump, and I would include in that Trump, uh, Desantis, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy as well. Donald Trump, in particular, he has spent the less time he has spent the least time on the ground in front of audiences at campaign events. He's visited the fewest Iowa counties. Uh, among the top three, uh, Trump, Haley, DeSantis, and so if if he is is suffering any criticism there, um, it is not I would say it's not evident in his polling numbers. Um, I don't think that Trump, particularly in terms of campaign strategy, suffers any lack of name recognition, nor does he particularly uh, lack any sense among voters of the Trump brand. Now, DeSantis and Haley uh, have spent much more time in the state, much more time on the ground. DeSantis is uh, is, is leading Haley in that regard, um, and simply covering more geography, uh, more geography in the in the state of Iowa. The champ this year, however, in terms of public appearances in the state of Iowa is Vivek Ramaswamy. He's, he's polling right now at less than 10%, maybe around 5 to 7% um, in Iowa, something on, on that order. He has essentially visited all but a very few number of Iowa counties. He has, um, he's been present for well over 200 uh, face-to-face campaign events. And the irony is is that the person who's worked the hardest in Iowa is has the lowest polling numbers and is effectively, you know, not part of this race. Uh, the leading candidate, Donald Trump, and he leads by an enormous margin over DeSantis and Haley, has invested the least time in Iowa in terms of his presence at events here in Iowa. He, he did visit Northwest Iowa here a few days ago, Sioux Center, um, in, a, in a well-publicized and much-watched uh, event. Um, but otherwise, his presence, again, on the ground and physically here has been less. The one thing I would say about Trump, however, is that his campaign organization, his on-the-ground organization, Trump's people campaigning uh, on the part of Trump's surrogates, uh, for example, South Dakota's uh, governor would be one example of this. There are other notable, uh, other notable folks out there um, who've, who've come to Iowa to, to stump for Donald Trump. But also, um, the simple, simply the, the number of staffers that he has put into the state over the course of this campaign season exceeds anything that he did prior. I'm told that he's drawing back somewhat on that um, in, in recent weeks, but. Uh, he has, he has shifted his strategy a bit from uh, a more traditional campaign style, present in the state, shaking hands, kissing babies, to a more 21st century uh, kind of style of campaigning. So the, the, the question as to whether he has spent enough time in Iowa, not enough time in Iowa, in Trump's case, I really think is, is largely an inconsequential one. His lead is simply not um is is not in jeopardy at this point, and yep. his candidacy really has not been affected.
0: Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. so let's let's go there as we wrap up. Is it a foregone conclusion? It sounds like it's a yes that he wins the iowa Iowa caucuses.
1: you know, i'm it's 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 another uh, fun question to uh, to consider. i I heard just the, the this morning from um someone that I would consider uh, an activist, I think, in the Republican party at the local level who, Believes that, in in particular, that one of the other candidates is going to be um, a surprise and is going to notably outperform expectations in the Iowa caucuses, and is going to make them much more competitive. Let me let it's me stop you.
0: Interesting. Let me stop you. And I wanted to go there anyway. Could you assess who you think finishes second and handicap the strengths and weaknesses of each uh, Desantis and Haley?
1: To begin with, I don't think that there is any doubt that donald trump wins the iowa caucuses and he wins the caucuses by a wide margin if i was asked to to guess who would finish second in the iowa caucuses if if the poll numbers are correct i would go to desantis as the number two but by a very distant probably as maybe even as much as a 30 percent margin and nikki haley close in behind uh close in behind desantis in terms of uh and weaknesses you know i this is this is what um i think is the most correct picture of each desantis has a lot of appeal on policy grounds to voters for the same reason that trump appeals uh to voters on his policy positions especially in the area uh especially in the area of immigration for example the problem uh for desantis is that He's not presented, in my view, he's not presented a compelling reason for Trump supporters, which who who are usually very strident, to defect from Trump and and prefer DeSantis. And it might, you know, his strategy might have been that that he is a less controversial uh, character, that he's not currently under any federal or state criminal indictments, but that message has has not resonated. Uh, that message has not resonated particularly well. Uh, Nikki Haley's, I think, you know, primary weakness has been is that though she has surged uh, mildly in some polls, in some states, in the, in the campaign process, I think she has had more difficulty establishing, uh, again, her brand or defining her own candidacy for herself. I think the Trump campaign and Trump in particular— has done a remarkable job of defining her as a candidate uh, and her as a public servant and defining her uh, really, as, really as beholden to her donors and not independent enough in a way. And I'm not sure that she's overcome that. And uh, these are just among the reasons that you're gonna see Trump win by a wide, wide margin in Iowa.
0: Again, this has been Bradley Best, professor at Buena Vista University. To discuss the important role of the Iowa caucuses, which will soon draw the attention of the political world. Now on the second half, I'm joined by Susan Stewart, a longtime official with the Woodbury County Republican Party, to add more on our discussion with the upcoming Iowa caucuses, which are an important first step in the presidential selection process that ultimately ends with a November election. Hello, Susan. I, I believe you also have a role with the it's like a multi county Republican organization.
2: Uh, Yes, I do. It's the Republican District Executive Committee for the 4th Congressional District. And I'm the city co-chair for the Woodbury County Republican Party right now.
0: Okay. And you've been doing that for a long time, I believe, right?
2: I've been involved for a long, long time.
0: Do you recall the first time you took part in a caucus, how it went, what you thought of it? Did it hook you?
2: Well, I was hooked before my first caucus. I think my first caucus was at in 1988 at um, Clark Elementary School. That was when I was elected to the uh, Woodbury County Republican Central Committee. But before then, when I moved to Sioux City, before that time, I started working for Branstad when he ran for governor in 1984. So yes, I've been hooked for a long time.
0: Is caucusing the same now as it was then? So that was roughly 35 years ago, or have, have some things, and how it plays out, have that have some things changed?
2: Pretty much, there it's the same. The main difference, I would say, is the rise of technology. We, you know, the results are. It used to be that someone at the end of each caucus would call in the results to the Republican Party of Iowa. Now we have electronic methods to get those results in much more quickly. And obviously, um, back then you might have got telephone calls or to your landlines or documents in the mail, and now. We get text messages and just all sorts of different types of messaging about the candidates and about the caucus.
0: Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, and of course, what the what the caucus participants are ultimately doing, they're deciding on which candidate they want to support after they've considered those who are running. So in the run-up to the to this caucus, do you feel like there has been enough candidates coming through Sioux City and Northwest Iowa so people have had a chance to see them if, in person if they want to see them that way?
2: I think there have been, um, I compared this caucus to the one in 2016, which was the last contested one. Perhaps we just had more candidates then, but I, it seems to me we've had a few fewer candidates come through than we did then. But I think certainly um, anytime anyone has wanted to see any of the candidates with the possible exception of Chris Christie, there have been multiple opportunities, multiple easy opportunities.
0: And what were what have been some of the notable ones that have been uh, events? I know there was President Trump in the at the Orpheum Theater in in um, October. Name a couple other candidates and some more of the more notable stops that that you saw made or that you think were notable. Or
2: well, I think the first the just because it was I think the first event early I think it was in April. Nikki Haley came through and she was at Hill you know, Welding. It's always notable when you have an industrial site like that that becomes, you know, a center of attention for the nation, so that was notable. And, um, you know, we've had, we will have President Trump again for the second time at the Orpheum Theater. That was notable, but I also thought his airport rally last summer was 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 pretty noteworthy. Um, Vivek Ramaswamy comes to the Council Oaks Coffee Supplied, which is a former Stone Brew on Third Street, and that's such a beautiful venue. That's notable, um, and. I went out to see Ron DeSantis earlier this week at Johnny Mars Restaurant, which was pretty cool to see such a, a crowded restaurant.
0: It, as you say, that there's there's a variety of sizes. You know, from the Orpheum, I think Trump came pretty close to filling up the entire 2,600 capacity, and then you have some coffee shops and restaurant like Johnny Mars, etc. cetera, that it's really a real gamut of sizes that people can see. That's these, right, yeah. that's right. I'm joined here on the second half by Susan Stewart of the Woodbury County Republican Party as we talk about the important Iowa caucuses that will take place on January 15th. Susan, why would you say overarching? Why is it important that people take part in a caucus?
2: Well, first of all, it's fun to meet with your neighbors and uh, see them in the winter and talk about politics with them. But more importantly, this is, you know, we're the bellwether. We're the first out of the the gate, if you will, for national politics. Right. Which puts an outsized important importance on Iowa, even though if you really look at the numeric results of the caucuses, um, usually it's pretty close. Usually there's a candidate that wins and there's one who's just right behind them. Sometimes you have, um, you know, kind of, I don't know, I don't know if I'd say it, lame black sheep. That get ahead in Iowa that may not ever get ahead again or and become national figures. So th- there's a number of reasons why Iowa is important, but it's mainly because we're first.
0: And how? And you mentioned earlier kind of the technological reasons, and I think this is what you're referring to. But how do you inform people about the caucuses? And it, is it strictly? Are you reaching out to only only registered Republicans can participate? Correct.
2: Correct. You could register that evening, though.
0: Yeah. So how do you, what's your outreach to people? How do you encourage them? And is is there steps that you're taking to, to increase participation? Like do you provide rides or I'm just kind of guessing here, any, any things like those?
2: I'm sure the candidates provide rides. Um, By law, we have to have post one notice, two notices in a newspaper in the county. Um, So that's the only legal notice requirement. We have a, the Republican Party of Iowa has an excellent website with all the caucus locations um we haven't run paid advertisements but we've informed all the media of all of our locations and and you know the auditor there's just a keen amount of interest in it but we aside from the republican party of iowa website we haven't people find out about it on their own because they want to go
0: okay so let's talk about the 15th when this airs will be just a few days away from it are you feeling ready is the
2: county feeling ready oh well i think probably the main reason why you can never quite feel ready is because you don't have to RSVP to go to the caucus. Oh, yeah. So you really don't know what's going to happen. You know, it could be a cold night. People might not show up. They might think that it's not going to be that interesting, that one candidate's going to win and it's not worth their time. Or you could have such a huge amount of people that they have fistfights in the parking lot about parking spaces.
0: I, I heard that story, the one that you just referenced. Yeah, I, I, was remember, there, yeah, so. yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Yes. Uh, so let's get into to some specifics. How many caucus sites are there roughly overall in Woodbrake County, and how many of those are in Sioux City proper?
2: There are nine in the, there are 28 precincts that are considered in city precincts, and we have nine sites for those. Some of the precincts have quite are quite small or have quite a limited number of republicans and others like um precinct 28 which is whispering creek um they they're going to have their own location because there's so many republicans there and in the county we have uh there's 44 precincts in to- in total in the county and so um 29 minus 14 44 is so there's about one site for every one of those precincts in the county there's a couple where you have like two sergeant bluff precincts together so then there's a there's uh, there's county sites as well
0: it's correct that a person where a person goes depends on their address what precinct they live in correct okay. correct okay and again give us kind of a flavor of those sizes of those venues so it's is that it some schools some churches community centers what are some of the we range? have uh one
2: more one uh, precinct 29 is going to be at morningside assembly of god we have Several at WIT. We have a bunch of Morningside precincts at um, the Rockland Conference Center at WIT and one precinct uh, in the Cargill Auditorium at WIT. We have a couple precincts at North Middle, a couple precincts at Perry Creek Elementary, a bunch of precincts at West High, um, and a bunch of precincts at Leeds School. So we use primarily schools, school locations for these these caucuses.
0: Okay. And that's kind of been a more recent trend that they're heading more towards schools. Is that right?
2: Iowa law provides that any tax supported um, organization in the state has to make its facilities available for free for presidential caucuses. So schools are very easy to work with and you know we don't have to pay any money to locate at them. So that is, um, that's one reason why we prefer schools, but they're just, they're also just set up really well for caucuses. They have big lunch rooms and gymnasiums that work.
0: Okay. And then just to give people a flavor of how much groundwork goes into this, how far back does planning for this start out? And is it months? I'm guessing it's more months than... Oh, months. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I
2: think I sent my first uh, request to the schools like in July.
0: And is how many, a team of like who all is involved? Like you have like a... Well, like- we
2: have two. I'm the city co-chair. Okay. And um, we have a county co-chair, Cassidy Bloomus who is uh, organizing the, the county precinct. So we're the two that have, I guess, primary responsibility. But our, our entire central committee of 88 members or so, and probably just as many, if not more, volunteers that like to handle caucuses have been working with us on this along the way.
0: Okay. And I'm joined here on the second half by Susan Stewart of the Woodbury County Republican Party as we talk about the important Iowa caucuses that again will take place on January 15th. Couple last questions to wrap up. Describe how a caucus plays out. What happens first, what comes next, and how much time would a person be devoting to a, to a caucus event?
2: Well, for the first thing you need to do is check in. You may need to either uh, be checked off a list of registered Republicans or register to vote anew that night. And then there will be speeches from on behalf of each candidate um, three minutes to five minutes or so. One will one person will speak on behalf of Trump, one on Vivek, one on behalf of DeSantis and and one on behalf of any other candidate that they might want to put into nomination. And then after that, um, everyone they check in, everyone will get a ballot, a paper, a piece of paper. And uh, so they'll write the name of their selected candidate on the piece of paper and, you know, turn it in and then those votes will be counted and the results will be announced. And after the voting and the election is over, um, we'll segue to what a caucus really is usually for, and that is for a party organization. Uh, we'll select, the, the, each precinct will select its representatives to the county central committee and its delegates to the county convention, which leads up eventually to the national convention. But if you wanna come, and you're not interested in being on the central committee you can just write your selected candidate's name on a piece of paper and put it in the ballot box and leave right then so in other words the voting the voting starts first
0: and i'm guessing you see a lot of people that come from year to year that they're they're just really invested in they they just love doing this
2: yeah there are some yeah most there are some people who love doing it i'm getting lots of calls about people who want to know about the caucus want to help are very interested in it
0: and then to bring it to a conclusion, once the caucus results are known from each of these precincts that you have, what happens next from all the county levels to determine who wins the state? Because ultimately, there's a lot of people nationally wanting to know who won Iowa. How do you guys handle that from the Woodbury County We're level?
2: We're basically, the Republican Party of Iowa has a, uh, a device, and I, I don't know if you're going, I, basically, uh, each precinct or site is going to have a person who is a reporter called a poll reporter. That person will report the results to the Republican Party of Iowa. This is what they did in two thousand sixteen with an app on the phone. And so the results will be accumulated electronically. So it's it's quite possible that by eight o'clock everyone might know what the result is.
0: That's fantastic. So that so that's one way that technology has really yes. hastened what yeah, the outcome and everything.
2: Yeah, that's on um, there's a famous stories about the woman in Lee County in far southeast Iowa. Who um, in 2012 went to bed, decided she was going to go to bed and turned her phone off. And she thought she'd call in her precinct results the next day. Right. And uh, when she called them in the next day, they couldn't get a hold of her because she turned her phone off. And the next day, it flipped the results from Romney to Santorum. So that, doesn't, that can't happen anymore.
0: Right. Yeah, that's that's a great anecdote. I'm glad you shared that. That's that is very notable, Ron. You're absolutely right, Susan. Again, this okay. has been this has been Susan Stewart with the Woodbury County Republican Party to discuss how the Iowa caucuses play out at a local level. While Susan has just told us about the Republican caucus, there will be groundbreaking changes to the Democratic Party process this year. Democrats will still have in-person precinct caucuses at 7 p.m. on the 15th to conduct traditional party business. However, no presidential preference will be taken at the in-person precinct caucuses as that part has moved to a mail-in process. The last date to request a preference card is February 19th, and the results of the mail-in presidential preference will be released by the Iowa Democratic Party on March 5th. Thank you to Professor Bradley Best of Buena University and Susan Stewart of the Woodbury County Republican Party to discuss the Iowa caucuses on this episode of the second half. Please tune in for more next Wednesday at noon for a caucus wrap-up and analysis. For Siouxland Public Media News, I'm Brett Hayworth.